Hey, I'm Daniel Colbert. And I'm John Rudolph Drexler. This is Talking Business League. Uh, we run a small development agency together. Every week, we have a one-hour call where we discuss the state of our business. This is that call. Dun, dun. This dun, is dun, that dun, call. Dun, dun. <laughs> John. Yes, sir. John, how do you find yourself? Uh, you know, better than I deserve. Oh, that's what the Dave Ramsey people say. Too too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, used to, we, we had a guy. Uh, um, oh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. So for the for the uh, purposes of the story, we're going to call him Steve. There's a guy we mm-hmm. used to work with back when I did a lot of uh, food service back in the day. Mm. A lot of catering. And this guy was just this old kind of grizzled uh, bartender at catering mm-hmm. events. He was really good at it but he was just very much over it and like mm-hmm. 50. Um, and he'd walk in, you know, carrying some like bus tub full of liquor or whatever, you know, setting up his bar. I'd go, you know, at like sort of like 4.30 PM when everyone's rolling into the uh, the shift. i am like, Steve, how you doing? And he'd go, ah, you're looking at it. <laughs> uh Nice. I love that. Yeah. So you're looking at it. You're looking at it. Um, I'm looking at a new angle. Yeah. I have a new lease on life. Uh, No, I just, um, I'm I'm getting my, my life set up. You know, I'm really big on this new, I was so skeptical at first of this new feature on Mac OS, where when you're setting up a camera, it can just be like your iPhone, which is a way Uh better camera than the normal webcam on your laptop. And so, now that I have, I have a little tripod and I uh-huh. have my phone and I'm like, put this thing anywhere. So now what I have, uh, yeah. I can look at my, my big monitor while also being, Ooh. uh, squared up with nice. the, my Square iPhone, up. which is well behind my, uh, knuck if you buck. Absolutely. Uh huh. Um, well, that's cool. We, we were just having our, uh, Monday morning baseball opening meeting of the week. Um, and we ran into a fun uh, little payroll Brother, <laughs> Let me tell you, like, if I start ranting and raving, the problem uh-huh. is that I'm going to go. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm switching my inputs here. Uh, wait, I didn't mean to do that. No, wait. Ah, Yeti. Output through this. No, no. Bing bong. Can you still hear me? Yes. Do I sound good the same great okay um so uh i have been i have been beset on all sides by bureaucratic situations uh-huh. <laughs> that i oh man i can, did i talk about this last week i can't remember i don't know if you talked about it on the show you talked about just, it to me several times look here are the situations that i'm in and i don't even know if i'm going to remember all of them like, here are the situations. One is I've been trying to set up payroll. I'm which so requires, beset it defies memory. Yeah, I, I need to be talking to like seven different bureaucracies, including state governments and also the uh, just QuickBooks, which is terrible. And uh, I'm also, uh, gosh, let's see. I made it. I made it oops oops. This one was my fault. I am about to go fly somewhere. I don't drive a car. I don't do any international travel right now, so I did not realize until just before this flight that my license and my passport are both expired. <laughs> Whoopsie. So I also needed to go fight with the DMV last week. Nice. Uh, what else? I also uh, I moved apartments and the uh, shockingly, nope. shockingly. Like having to get a new license after you just changed your address. Oh, I know. This is a whole thing is that my utility bill does you don't not have, utility have my new address bills? on it. Yeah. yeah. So like that was a whole thing. And then uh, I didn't have a printer because I like, I never use a printer. And so I needed like my brother to print all my documents for me. Yeah, I remember calling you last week and you're like, well, so I'm currently going to Nate's <laughs> house to use his printer. So to I print can do utility bills that DMV. have the wrong address on them. So I can go to the DMV, which is not accessible by public transportation. You can only get there by taking a $25 Uber uh, so that I can go, 
not get a real ID because they don't give you a real ID if your utility bill has the wrong address on it. So anyway, that was a whole thing. Meanwhile, uh, what else? What else? There were other ones. Oh, yeah. So I moved and the they didn't give me my security deposit back, shockingly. And so mm. they should have. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been like trying to call them. I get into long phone trees. They don't call me back. Uh, I, oh, also went to the pharmacy. I applied for, I found out that Cobra was the cheapest option for me to extend my healthcare. And mm-hmm. I go in there and they're like, oh yeah, you don't have healthcare. I'm like, well, I sure didn't sign up for Cobra. So that's weird. And then like <laughs> tried to call Cobra today. So I, <laughs> I go to their website and they're like, just so you know, you don't you, like, you have to like pay online before you get your healthcare. It's like, okay, well that would have been helpful to know. And that they're like, but also uh, our entire payment system is down. It's like, okay. So I call a number. The first number they tell me to call, I'm not kidding. This is not my mistake. I call the Cobra number. <laughs> it's an automated, automated voice, uh, or, uh, whatever, like phone tree for uh, uh, Dish Network. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I call, I find some other Cobra number and I'm like, hey, uh, how do I have insurance? How do you, how can, what can we do today to get me into a new insurance? Uh, And she's like. By which I mean the old insurance. Yeah. And she goes, well, here's the thing. I do need to let you know that we're in a blackout period. And I said, okay. That's helpful. Could you tell me what a blackout period is? You're like, man, I haven't had one of those since I was 22. <laughs> yeah, right. She said, no, I'm personally in a blackout period right now. And I'm like, so what's a blackout period? She goes, well, our system's under a little maintenance. So like, Just not only is our payment system down, but like, I, there's no way for me to know any information. There's no data I can pull up about your account. <laughs> There's no way I could tell you like anything at all. She's like, honestly, you would have been better served talking to the dish people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like you're doing some like maintenance on your servers today. So like maybe I call back this afternoon. And she goes, no, 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 no. This will be for months. Yeah, try March. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so like the people at Cobra don't have access to any of the Cobra data for the foreseeable future. And I was like, well, how much am I supposed to pay? And she's like, well, you got to mail in a check. And I was, she, I was like, well, can you tell me the amount I should put on the check? She goes, I don't have access to that information right now. And I say, well, what happens if I overpay? And she was like, well, it should get applied to the future, the next month. So just, if you just want to pay too much, you could just like send a thousand dollar check into the void and like, <laughs> You and then probably in like six to oh, twelve weeks you'll have insurance again, bro. Our European I, listeners are look. We we really take them to task, you know, just for yeah. being how they are. But um, <laughs> I, I think they're coming back at us on this one. Yeah. So okay. So that was that. Uh, I was. Fi- There's a few more that were all happening last week. Then finally, we got to the end of payroll this week. Everything worked. We had an issue where I wanted to change a number because I had made a mistake in there. And QuickBooks said, oh, you're not allowed to just change that by yourself. You need to call in and tell our tax officials why you want to change that field. I said, okay. So I did that, waited on hold for hours, finally got on. They uh, Today, it apparently was just fixed. They never told me it was fixed, but I went in and logged in and it was like, oh, it's working. We can do payroll for the first time after Let's trying go. to set this up for months. Let's go, baby. And we set it up together <laughs> and got to the end of it. We're paying extra to be able to do direct deposit. And it's like, congratulations, you have run payroll. Now you should write paper checks <laughs> to, to pay the people. It's like, what are we talking about here? Like, why did I just set all of that up if I now need to uh, go? We don't have paper checks. Yeah. Nary a check. Anyway, uh, our bookkeeper is going to get on the phone with me later on today. We're 10 minutes in. I'm just ranting and raving. It has been, I don't know. I'm ready to just do some work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here like doing some client work this morning and it's great. I'm making a roadmap for InterNACHI. Things are great. 
the amount of like setting up a company six months into setting up a company that is going on is wild. It's, like, it's, it's wild outra- how... totally outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's how I'm doing. A little, uh, a little on edge. Uh, <laughs> but you know, any wow. feedback for me? <laughs> Any feedback for you? No, it's great. You know, uh, you are, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You're a good coach on the uh, programming stuff. I'm really glad we're writing code together. And uh, nice. um, uh, I think uh, it's it's been good. Uh, you'll like you'll be like, okay, now let me like explain to you what's going on. Now that you understand what's going on, why don't you lead and I will mm-hmm. watch. And that's good. I'm excited to get, uh, I want to get a task from you this week uh, so mm-hmm. I can go do some independent work. Uh, but I'm feeling good about that, having fun with it. And um, it's also great to be working with a friend of the show, Josh. Dude, Josh is great. Um, we, can, we can talk about Josh. If we get permission from Josh, we need permission from Josh. I don't think we need permission from Josh. I'll, I'll allow him to object if great. he wants. But um, I don't know if, I don't think we can talk about the project, but we can talk about okay. the guy. Cool. Yeah, Josh, um, Josh is a, a subcontractor who's working with us. and Yeah, Josh Hanley. Uh, Livewire uh, core contributor, uh, s- the second most amount of code in the Livewire code base of anyone next to Caleb Porzio. Um And it's a Livewire and, project. <laughs> and when, like, it was so great because, like, he set up his first Livewire component and we went and looked at it. And it was like, oh, this is set up in a very specific way that is very different from how. We've mm-hmm. done things. And mm-hmm. I was like, I am ready to learn a, a smarter way to do LifeWare. Yeah, it's cool. He uses these DTOs, which are uh, just like these objects that represent sort of shaped data um, rather than sort of wire modeling directly to models or modeling to like a bunch of string fields and then turning them into a model later, which are kind of like the two classic LiveWire approaches he models to these like DTO classes that represent like the data that you might need to create a user, yeah. you know, uh, which is fun. And we've been playing with it and you can just kind of stick technic. Some people would argue about whether these are actually DTOs because they have methods on them. Um, but we stick these nice little methods on them that like are really useful. And so, yeah, it's been a yeah. fun. And as you explained, this, this is a fun one for me. Cause it's like, this is a problem that, I have like encountered from first principles of like trying to build stuff where like I you've one thing you've like given me feedback on a lot in my code over the years is like these like magical arrays that contain uh-huh. very important values. <laughs> uh, and then like, this is a great solution for that problem. So I'm excited. I want to like adopt this as a, um, yeah, no DTOs practice. are, DTOs are a very good thing. Um, yeah. just, you know, getting like type safety in the shapes of data is a good thing. Yeah. So um, pretty cool. Yeah. That's my, that's my, my feedback for you is that uh, you and Josh are great. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm having a great time also working with Josh. Um, it's been how, cool. I'll, sw- I'll slip right into how am I. There we go. Uh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> so it's been cool because Josh lives in Australia. And so I'll get to the end of my day. And it's right around when he's getting to the beginning of his day. So sometimes we'll do an hour or two of pairing for like handoff. Um, And then he'll go work for another six hours. And then he'll write up like a big, like, how you doing at the end of his day. And then when I show up the next day, I'll like consume his how you doing and then start working. And then uh, we have like a pairing handoff. So it, we have the, this round the code, round the clock coding going on on the on the code. Uh, and yeah. it feels very efficient. We're getting a lot done. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, other than I that, also really like that. I mean, the other little observation on just that workflow that I'm enjoying is uh, I'm enjoying that like different ones of us are like we have clear ownership over the different projects. Mm-hmm. And so like, if like in another scenario, I would be jumping in to try to like help to organize this project. Yeah. But like it's yours and I'm and just it's like pretty organized already. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty organized uh, by the client and like the, um, 
but it, it's it's nice to just like I at, over on that project, I'm like, hey, you tell me when you have a ticket ready for me, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I will go Dude. write code on it. And we're doing Trello boards, which is like how I worked for a while, which is like sprintless, just totally Kanban, just like, hey, here's a bunch of to dos, here's a bunch of in progress, here's a bunch of done, just like yeah. go, and yeah. like some of the tickets are like big conceptual tickets and some of them are not and it's a little like disorganized in that way where it's like there's not like a i wouldn't say there's like a strict standard of like what makes a ticket but um but yeah it feels pretty loosey-goosey in a good way like it feels like we're the process is just the right amount in our way to stop us from like completely going haywire you know well, and, um, and this gets to, I mean, I think in a minute we should talk about the GitHub idea, but the, oh, yes. this, this gets to just like one of the core things that you and I keep on coming back to, which is like in a high trust environment where everyone is a killer uh-huh. and it's like a small team where everyone's communicating a lot, like you don't really need most of the processes. Like the processes right. exist to solve communication problems and to solve trust problems, but like if you don't have trust problems or communication problems, like you can be pretty freaking loosey goosey, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, well, okay. H- how else am I? Um, so my office was like last week, a complete nightmare. Um, I had removed a dresser and a futon and all the stuff that was in the dresser was sort of strewn about waiting to hmm. be organized, you know? Oh yeah. We're um, looking at a different corner of your room right now, aren't we? Yeah. I rotated my desk. Um, all kinds of Are you of looking out the window now? That's nice. Uh, the window's kind of off to my right here. Okay. So I have the opportunity to look out the window. Should I choose? <laughs> You're afforded the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I spent just hours yesterday, like organizing things, throwing things away, putting things in milk crates, doing all these things. So like, I've got a milk crate full of HDMI cables, basically <laughs> like all that stuff, you know, uh, I love milk crates. Um, but anyway, that is cool. So my office is now a little echoier than it once was. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to have to deal with that next, (laughs) but, um, but right now it's, it's just nice to be in my office in a way that it wasn't last week. So that's cool. It's great. Um, do you have any feedback for me? Do I have any feedback for you? It was great pairing with you on, uh, the Josh project. That was fun. Um, you once again are tanking all of the bureaucratic stuff. So gracias for that. Um, the There is an episode of No Plans to Merge, which didn't get the reception I think it should have. Oh, um, is this the one where you, you explain uh, that Overwatch is an analogy for development teams? Yeah, well, I have so I've been working on this concept of three man dev shop for yeah. since 2014, right? I've been talking to people about three man dev shop and how I thought that it could work and how it should work and how it's basically the perfect size for a dev team. Um, and I've had all these reasons why, and I like had this like euphoric moment on uh, on a No Plans to Merge episode where I realized that it was. Tank, healer, and DPS are the yeah. three roles that make up a three-man dev shop. Um, and you're tanking right now. I think we can rotate the roles. But yeah. like right now, you're very much tanking. Like You're just eating a bunch of stuff that allows me to basically do DPS. You yeah. Know? Well, and like, it's, what, like, it's interesting. I was even looking at our task lists. Uh, like, you're in a situation right now where like you are responsible for a lot of code writing Mm -hmm. and reviewing and Mm -hmm. also you need to finish verbs Mm -hmm. and so it's just like i'm I'm out here just like dealing damage that's all you basically need to like not have any normal tasks yeah like you need to not be responsible for almost anything um, Uh other than just like writing and reviewing code cranking code um, cranking code for the next three months basically Um, yeah and so i'm enabling that basically um which is interesting. It's I I'm good with it because I think it like it makes a lot of sense, um, and yeah, uh, and I'm it's weird too because like right now I'm doing 
20 hours a week of PM work, which is really natural and easy. Like I, that's like, mm-hmm. I already knew how to do that and I can just like knock that out yeah. and then eight hours a week of programming. And that's uh-huh. like great. Cause that's like uh-huh. pretty low pressure cause you're reviewing all of it. Uh-huh. Um, so it's very fun. I think, uh, I think we're at a really fun phase right now. Yeah. I'm, I, it really feels like it's firing. Um, we need to remember to make sure Jacob's having fun. Yes. Uh, it would be easy to just be like, oh yeah, Jacob has that corner of the company locked down. Yeah. You know, just he's like, basically doing like a, the yeah, lion's lion share. I'm repeatedly getting a lost connection, regained connection on here. So hopefully this is all working. I have not noticed that you have lost connection. Okay. Well, we have the backup anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, cool. But yeah, he's doing tons of programming hours, and yeah, it is. would be a shame for us to just assume he's fine and he's not. Yeah. Um. So it, we should keep track of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, how do we want to do that? We should we uh, have a little bit more like structure to our like regular meeting, like. Hour two, we have two thirty minutes. Give one of them more structure. Team check ins, and both of them are like we're completely shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would not say that that would be a bad idea. Um, which which one would you prefer to structure if we were going to structure one? Probably Monday. Yeah, I agree. Monday, it's nice because the only thing with Monday is like. If someone has a story from the weekend, it's going to emerge on a Monday call mm-hmm. versus on a Thursday call. It's like, well, there's nothing really to say or sure. a Wednesday call rather, you know. Um, but yeah, I could go either way. Let's try Monday for now. Okay. Um, I leave it to you to great to divine a structure for that meeting. I will take care of that. Um, okay. I am interested to talk briefly i don't think we need to go super long on it text thing yeah you sent me this video okay Uh, so the the guy in the video yeah just so you know the guy who made the video is my rust uh, mentor say it again remember when i was paying that guy to be my rust mentor yeah he this is the guy so the guy who made the video is my rust mentor um and he is many other crazy things he does polyphasic sleep um which means he sleeps like three times throughout the day for like two hours or something. He's, he's a crazy person, but he's very <laughs> smart and uh, he's very intentional with everything he does, which I appreciate. Um, anyway. So yeah, describe the video from your perspective. Um, well, I ended up watching more of his videos, so I'm probably going to end up conflating several of his ideas. Uh, but the thing that I liked about this video was he was basically making an argument for the leanest, simplest uh, um, sort of project management documentation, like that you agile kind of thing that you can possibly do, which I'm always a huge fan of. And I hadn't heard someone else really describe it in these ways, but it's funny because I think I've even said on this podcast before, like my own like personal um, my personal preference about like tasks, projects, product documentation, like I've tried everything. And what I keep on coming back to is like, make a good Google doc, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I still basically believe that his version of that was, uh, just like, like do it write GitHub. down in GitHub. Yeah. Yeah. Like write markdown in GitHub. And you have a perfect change log. You have a single source of truth, um, which is really great. And it's funny because after he mentioned that, as you know, as I started like working on more, now that I'm more comfortable in GitHub, like, I mean, two years ago, I wouldn't have like really been that comfortable doing this. Nowadays, uh, uh, like when I go to do something like, um, uh, I have like the rules for my card game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little GitHub project that has the rules, the rule book, uh, in a markdown file and then some YAML files of just like every card in the game. Nice. Um, Does your YAML file have a version number? 
No, no version number. You should put something in your GitHub repo that has a version number. Okay. Just so like you could reference like versions of the rule set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, and like, that's what I realized is like, I needed a way to like track changes, have a single source of truth. I want to be able to import it easily into like a Google sheet if I need to, or import it other places. Um, And then also importantly, I reached this point where the person who was actually like designing the like in design real version of the cards in CMYK is like that. Those aren't files that I even have access to anymore. And so I need to give him like batches of changes. And so like, I give him pull requests. I, I'm like, hey, I just made a pull request that changed 13 cards. Here it is, you know. So anyway, that's awesome. I now I'm like, uh, I'm in the Git mindset basically, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I really love this idea. It's like if you want to do product documentation, like the like the deepest form of rigor that you could put yourself into is to make a single markdown file yeah, that yeah, represents yeah. it and then like if you need to make changes to it you need to make a pull request to that file and i started thinking as like it's interesting even like vision mission and values like you know yeah, all yeah. these different things that we like like no kind it of, would be cool to like event or not event source but like version control our vision yeah because like we just yeah. recently added a new value a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago and so like it would be interesting five years from now to look back at like what is every time that like this, our values have changed, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, I totally yeah. agree. The, yeah. the thing I really appreciated about it was, so your Google docs thing, the thing that really rings true to me about your Google docs thing is that I really do like plain text. Yeah. Right. The thing I don't like is like Google docs. Cause it just feels like, yeah. and he actually mentions this in the video, like don't use a publishing tool. And Google Docs to me feels like a publishing tool. It feels like it's a thing that's designed to make a printed document, sure. right? And that's um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not asking you that. to defend Google Docs, yeah. but but uh, but like this does feel like okay. Well, like what whatever tool you want to use to write plain text, like or write Markdown, like do that. That's fine. But like at the end of the day, you're going to end up with like Markdown in a repo most of the time. Yeah, and then like, and. We can and, make and issues think, about things and we can make pull requests about things. And yeah. Yeah. And also connected to linear, which we're already using. So like, uh-huh. I think, um, I think basically like what you were thinking slab would be, which yes. none of us are using slab now. Kill um, slab. I'm good to kill slab. We, whatever we were going to use that for just, we're just going to use GitHub. We're just going to use GitHub. Right. And this is the thing about slab. I realized uh, slab, something like slab is important at a company where n- not everyone knows how to use GitHub, but luckily everyone at this company <laughs> knows how to use right. GitHub. Yeah. So we don't need something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. Um, yeah, I'm into it. So you suggested we have like a thunk ops repo. Um, I think that's good. Part of me thinks we should maybe have more repos. Um, like I kind of think that like, there are some parts of this that are publicly consumable and it would be kind of interesting to have those things be open. So for example, the vision mission values and the OKRs we talk about on here all the time. It'd be kind of cool to like update them in a way that is like accessible to the listener. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to think of what would not be publicly accessible. Well, like upcoming clients, uh, like if we were talking about like say we had to like write a big like dump of like you know downloaded thoughts about an upcoming client you know <laughs> or something like that or maybe even like i don't know about our internal product ideas but like those maybe we don't want to publish because then we're sure. just like creating a repo for people to come browse and make products out of not that ideas are worth anything <laughs> yeah um Oh, can we do a whole episode on uh, me yelling about how ideas are not worth anything? <laughs> Dude, ideas are not worth anything. Um, work is worth something. Just execution. Execution is the only thing. All value derives from labor. Um, yeah. I said what I said. Um, 
cool. But yeah, I that the long and short of it is I am super down to try this. Like just text. Everything is text. Everything is in GitHub. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of asynchronous communication. Um, and I think GitHub pull requests and issues are a very good mechanism for asynchronous communication. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I think that sounds great. And um, I think uh, I don't have a whole lot more there. Um, yeah, I don't like getting back into like GitHub issues. I just start to feel a little bit of an ick about like GitHub issues and linear, like that those could two things like could be out of sync with each other. Like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have like two separate concepts of a task, basically. So here's what, that's not, so interesting. Issues, issues aren't really tasks. Yeah. Um, Like I would think the thing I would write an issue for is like, say I come up with a new vision mission value and I want to add it, you know, but I, it's not really fleshed out, you know, I might like just open a new issue and just like write about it in the issue and be like, okay, Here's yeah, that makes I sense. So issues is a list value. of problems and uh, yeah. linear tickets or tasks. Tickets are tasks. Issues are issues. Right. Issues yeah. are issues. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Great. Cool, um, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Do you want to talk about where, one thing that's a little bit of a uh, mystery to me right now is like, Oh, one, one quick thing. Uh, I, it got announced that I'm speaking at Laracon Australia. This is what that I was is, about to pivot oh, into. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. You, you announce it. Uh, I'm speaking at Laracon Australia. We're launching verbs on stage. This is why there's a hard date of November for verbs launch. Uh, this is the secret that we haven't been able to say. Michael Dorinda has been listening to every episode and every time we like, obliquely reference that there is a secret he'll like send me eyeball emojis (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (laughs) um but yeah it's it's cool i'm very excited we're going to sydney charlotte's coming with me um so we're gonna like go there and be in australia and that'll be fun and as we've Um, talked about it's a silly and unserious place yeah well friend of the show josh hanley is a native he lives on a boat He's a programmer who lives on a boat. Um, So that's silly and unserious. Who do you think is less serious? The Australians or the Dutch? Oh, the Dutch are extremely serious in a way that uh, I don't appreciate. (laughs) I wish the Dutch would take a a leaf out of the Australian book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Dutch are, what are you talking about? No, of course I live on a boat. (laughs) <laughs> the dutch the dutch live on a boat not ironically <laughs> no um, yeah they, they that's the thing about them is they live in such an unserious place full of windmills and boats and bicycles and and wooden but, shoes and wooden shoes and all of this but they they are so serious about it yeah yeah they're <laughs> the australians the australians live in an environment that can kill you very easily you know, giant waves and snakes and spiders and kangaroos and crocodiles. Yeah. But they take it not seriously at all. I'm thinking about the Dutch a lot these days. I'm listening to uh, a book called Gotham, uh, mm. which is the, uh, a very, very long history of New York City that ends in 1900. New Amsterdam, you mean? Yeah. And so just hundreds of pages of, you know, Dutch lords attempting to govern brooklyn uh and it's, the dutch uh, should not govern we should we, we're all clear on that right they were they're uh they're merchants you know yeah they're good at buying and selling yeah <laughs> if you got things to buy you got things to sell hire you a yeah. dutchman yeah yeah but i mean just the history of the east india trading company should be enough to let us know that the dutch yeah. should not govern yeah <laughs> I mean, they basically got run out of town by the Brits. If you get run yeah. out of town by the Brits. That is an unserious people. <laughs> okay. okay. So now that we've <laughs> upset some number of listeners. <laughs> now that we've done Dutch. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So my question is for you with verbs though, Mm -hmm. you need to have verbs ready in November. Yes. You are also like hoping to like get some number of alpha testers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, like, is there anything I could be helpful with? Yeah, you're the you, first I, alpha tester. I, I am going to start using it today. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I'm going to try to build a game using verbs. And then, um, but then like, I don't know, there's other stuff like I had like sort of naively put in the in a linear for you, like go get 15 alpha users. We have Create some way for them to give you feedback. Like what, do you yeah, want yeah. help with that? Or are you just going to like kind of run with that on your own? I'll just invite people to the GitHub repo. Great. Uh, we have email addresses from the forum. I have people who've messaged me on Twitter that they want access. Josh wants access. Joel wants access. Um, Do you want like a singular inbox to get feedback from them? I will invite them to the GitHub repo and the oh, GitHub right. issues. They can just make their own issues. Yeah, yeah. That will be the place. Great. Perfect. So the repo, I intend to like do all of the work. Perfect um but we're yeah, right back I, to yeah we have a repo i'm pretty <laughs> i'm pretty comfortable with where we're at um great the there was like one big hard thing um which is like the event store which is like sort of the mechanism that verbs uses to store events in the database and load them out of the database and uh our implementation of verbs has like relationships between events and multiple states at the same time, um, which is different than other packages we've used. And so solving that problem was uh, hard and fun. But anyway, I think it's it's solved now, which is great because that was like my my big hump yeah. um, that I was getting. Over. That's great. So anyway, that's fun. I'm super psyched to use it. Uh, and... Um... I was just I was I was with Chris Morell this past weekend mm-hmm. because I was uh, I was <laughs> I was in Atlantic City. Oh right, right. Um, it was incredible to see a friend of the show, Chris, uh, surrounded by his people, by adoring home inspectors. Yeah, he it's it's fascinating to me because on a few different levels. For one, I just love going into like learn about something very specific that I didn't know about before. In this case, yeah. home inspection. Uh, you know, I went up to one booth and I'm like, so what do you do? And he's like, we're the, we're the chimney sweep guild. Uh, <laughs> like, you represent the chimney sweep guild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, tell me everything. I'm dying to know. Uh, but uh, the, it was also interesting. I asked a couple people. I was just curious. I was like, you guys are in this like big trade organization and this like guild. And ever, anyone ever talk about organizing? And they were like, oh God, no, like not in this industry. Like, I'm from Florida. You'll be like chased out of the state if you talk That's about you. Um, but uh, seeing Chris there, I mean, it's crazy because Chris has been doing this for so long. <clears throat> and there's this old, you know, this old sort of like trope about like, oh, you know, back in the day, people used to like get a job at one company and stay there for 40 years and then retire. And like yeah. millennials don't do anything like that. It's like Chris is doing it. Chris uh, has never had a job. Like, but, yeah, except for the, the just, job that he has. Well, yeah, but I mean, like a, a a job that he didn't like, kind of invent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's never um, like gone to work for a boss at an office or anything. Yeah, and like yeah. all of the code that's in their code base is like something he built. Yeah, um, or at least revered. Is, yeah, yeah, and it's just like so big. Um, anyway, it's, it's really amazing. But then it was so funny because we were standing there talking and like various home inspectors were coming up and being like, Oh, Chris, it's great to see you. You know, we've been like coming to this conference together for, uh, you know, 25 years. I'm like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's great. It is wild that like home inspections, like if you just think about like the, the boom and bust cycle of like 2008, you know? Yeah. And that like. They just they were just there home inspecting from before that through it all the way yeah. through then through the like 2020 boom yeah. cycle again like and they'll... also crazy that one thing that they kept that people kept on saying which was like really fascinating to me because I think of like home in my naive mind I was like uh, connecting it with other things like construction carpentry 
yeah, plumbing, yeah. you know, which it is connected to all those things. However, um, those are all things that are extremely old professions, right? Mm-hmm. And people kept on saying like in our, in this young industry, in this new industry. And I was like, oh, right. 60 years ago, home inspection was not a thing that existed. Huh. And it's like, right. This is like a pretty new industry. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Which is really weird to think about. They, um, they popped off on TikTok during COVID. Do you know yeah. about this? Yeah, well, that guy, the the main guy, did a presentation. Oh, the main TikTok there. head. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's got like a half a million followers or something. Yeah. He just like he's like ah, that's termite wood for sure. <laughs> Let me stick my screwdriver in it. <laughs> yeah. That's his whole bit. I love it. Um. So anyway, oh, th- why don't we bring that up? Well, we're way off track. Anyway, Chris, I was hanging out with Chris. We were talking about verbs, um, and I was like, we were talking about you know Spotsy event sourcing. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's so funny because I'm like, you know, very much not a like senior developer. Uh, mm-hmm. but like my whole introduction to coding was a Spotsy event sourcing package. Like I went straight from like, you know, the basic yeah. syntax of Laravel into Spotsy event sourcing. And, yeah. uh, the, th- like, that's such a hilarious and weird path. But like, I've, I was thinking about it. It's like, I'm probably like one of the people in the world who's like interacting with the most hundreds of hours yeah into i've probably spent more time in that package than some of the creators of that package <laughs> certainly yeah yeah, yeah. Certainly. Um, so i'm super psyched to like go use the new thing and yeah, i'm gonna use it fun. a lot because like this is the way we build things so yeah. i'm psyched man's made of games yeah. Um, we started rewatching uh, Game of Thrones. You started rewatching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and we hit the like, a girl has no name. Oh, a mm. man must do a thing. A girl has given him a name. You know? Isn't that in, like that. the fourth season? And it's in the second season. Oh, really? Huh. Or maybe, maybe we're in the third. I don't know where the crossover is. But uh, anyway, those sentence structures have filled my head and yeah. my conversations with Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte yeah. came in last night as I was like cleaning up my office and said, are you going to bed? And I said, a man has no bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. It is a good time. It's very funny. Oh, I was watching. Nice? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's nice to be able to just chat at the end of the podcast. Cause yeah, we we're just minutes. chatting at this point. Um, yeah. I had a really sad, uh, it wasn't sad. It was kind of emotional. Uh, I was watching this guy, you know, this guy, uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Um, Why does that name mean something to me? He wrote, um, he wrote two books in this series called the King killer Chronicles. Right. Did you read those? No. Everyone in my life has told me to read them. I've bought two of them on. There's only two. So you have the whole series. I've bought them on Audible and have not listened to them. So the here's the bullet points. He's written like a hundred books, right? No. Isn't he one of those guys? No. So is, the, here's he the, something he, called like the name of the something. Yeah. So the so he wrote this first book called The Name of the Wind, name and of the name of the wind. He it's like one of those things where he spent like 25 years writing The Name of the Wind, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like a perfect fantasy novel. It's so good. People kind of like sort of derisively sort of not derisively call it like Harry Potter for adults. It's like, it's just like fun and interesting, compelling. And like, it's just like, it's a riot of a book. It's so good. And then he exploded. And then due to like publisher pressure and whatever else, he a little bit rushed the second book Uh and it has problems. Parts of it are very, very good. Parts of it have all the magic of the first book. And then parts of it are like, cringe and bad basically okay um and so he was basically like okay lesson learned i'm gonna like really take my time on the third one fast forward 10 years there's no third book sure well i mean that we're only halfway through the time it took it, but <laughs> exactly <laughs> and during that time he has like sold the rights for a bazillion dollars to Lionsgate, you know and like m- developed 
TV versions that never happened. And um, he has like said at various points, like I've written trashed and like rewritten the book five times over, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, So anyway, then he did a thing where he was raising money on Twitch for his charity that like digs wells or something. And he was like, I, if we raise like a million dollars, whatever the number was, I will release the prologue of the book. And the fans came through and raised an enormous amount of money and he didn't release the prologue. What the hell? Yeah. And like, hasn't addressed it publicly. Why is he being a scumbag about it? I I think he's like emotionally damaged. And now like everyone on the internet is screaming at him every day. And they're just like, you know, where's the book? Where's the prologue? Where's whatever. And anyway, he he finally like he did a thing i just watched i think it was actually like a year ago or so or no it was like the summer so i can't remember but he was basically like he's like i wrote a short story in this universe that is like actually long enough to be a novella and like it got my wheels turning again i'm like i have regained my confidence i'm putting it out um and just like went on his twitch to like announce this and was just like very like emotionally raw and was like I'm putting work out into the world again. And everyone is like, you know, in the comments, like going nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. And it made me very emotional watching this guy. Like he, he, he made his magnum opus, but then like got into the sort of like trials of like being a public person, trying to do yeah, excellent yeah. work. Sophomore and album problems. It And it like broke him. It like shattered yeah. him. And then now to see him like coming out of that depression and being like, guys i don't have the third book but i have something else uh please be excited with me was like Mm -hmm. it got me in my feels i you know i have this like uh this trajectory i've talked about at least to you and certainly to other people in my life who i subject to my things um about like rappers and their different albums Mm. right Mm -hmm. but that like the first one is always insane because it's like rapper versus the world yeah and usually right? and obviously it's the youngest they'll ever be and it's a young man's yeah, game yeah. and like they also like have like genuine like real uh difficulties they're overcoming right usually yeah right? they're not rich and it's hard to yeah it's hard to become a rapper <laughs> right right um so they're like there's a lot of like raw connection to real difficulty and struggle there then like the second album a good second album is like rapper versus the other rappers you know (laughs) um and like the haters and all that stuff right the rappers and the haters then like a good mature career evolves into rapper versus the music industry yeah right which is like a really solid third album. Mm -hmm. But then there's this fourth album that very few rappers get to, which is like rapper versus their own success. Yes. Which is like a very, very good arc. And then I think basically at that point, every rapper just makes like a rapper does bars for like four albums. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like albums like five through seven are just like (laughs) rapper does bars. And then, they'll do like a rapper looks back over his career album. Right. I, I'm you know? never interested in that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So um, anyway, the sophomore album, like uh rapper versus other rappers, then there's like rapper versus the bosses, which sounds like what kind of like the whole, like, Oh, he sold the rights to Lionsgate. And then like yeah. all the, all that stuff, it didn't result in a book, but like, it sounds like that part of the narrative happened. Right. Yeah. And then there's now there's like a uh, rapper versus his own success. So he's all yeah. like on his fourth album right now. And like, yeah. those are often the really, really good album. Like yeah. If the, if the rapper's career evolves to such a point that they get to make that album, like it's very good often. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, like, isn't I think it that's also... Life of Pablo. I think that that is uh damn, yeah, I damn would that, definitely be the one. Yeah, I um, think that is uh, maybe even like the Black Album. I don't know. I don't know what that is for Jay Z. Yeah, because that was supposed to be a retirement album. Um, yeah, 
which is part of what made it interesting. He's retired like six times. Yeah. Well, I think Mona Lisa, Holy Grail is the like rapper looks back on his career album. Right. Yeah. Which well, is a I, pretty good album. I like the, um, I mean, the other thing that I think is really interesting about this, especially as it pertains to rap. I mean, I think this is true of all music and probably media, but I think it's particularly true of rap is, um, that we are so we're so drawn to the like 19 year old uh, mm-hmm. with like a new thing to say, like mm-hmm. that moment of chief Keith's first album that make is just like, it's like, you can't look away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's so interesting to me is I remember, I'm trying to remember who the rapper was, who I was listening to at the time, but like a, f- a couple years ago, Nas put out an album, that like nobody even noticed, I you know, it was really good. And it was really good. Every bit of it was good. The production was great. He was rapping on trap beats. Like it was, yeah, it was he's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's Nas doing really good Nas stuff. And like, at the end of it, I was like, that was so good. I'm going to listen to this like maybe two or three times, but like no one cares. And like, it's funny. Cause like, I think at the time I then I, I went and got obsessed with like a like West side gun album. You know, mm-hmm. which was like objectively not as good, but yeah, it's that like might have been the year I was really into Blueface. Yeah, right. And it, but it's like the thing is that like this nineteen-year-old is doing something that you've never heard before. Weird and new, yeah, is always going to be more compelling than this like forty-year-old who put out a perfect album. Nas is deeply not 40 years old. I'll tell you that. Whatever he would say, with 50, 50, 55 years old. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. you get the point. But anyway, I think that's like a, that's an interesting dynamic. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think uh, that very few artists get to have the album they make in their fifties matter. Right. Wow. We gotta get we gotta get to work. Yeah, we gotta get to work, John. <laughs> All right, uh, this has been a pleasure. Um, I will see you on the next call. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna post this one, John? I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, John. Oh, do 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 do. Every every Wednesday, I send a message to Daniel saying. Uh, hey, do you want to go ahead and post the podcast? <laughs> I just don't like a step in a process that requires me to wait. <laughs> I don't like to wait. <laughs> Yum. Down the wrong two. See you in a minute. All right, we'll be seeing you. <laughs>